This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome, everybody, to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and it is almost Christmas. Yay! I love Christmas in a sort of like, wah, way, and so I am really excited. This week is like gingerbread cookies week and all sorts of stuff, so I am amped. And uh, we are so excited uh, to be spending Christmas with you. Well, at least the run-up to Christmas. Uh, so first of all, before I say anything, hang in there. You're doing great. I know you're tired. It's going to be good. I believe in you. Uh this episode, we're looking at the song, Mary, Did You Know? Uh, I'm going to answer a question that somebody asked me recently at a speaking engagement about um, a little thing I let slip about how I do Christmas lists. And uh, I also sat down and interviewed a youth pastor I used to work with about what are his sort of top three things he feels parents of teenagers need to know about um, how to help their kids spiritually when they're youth. So let's get started. Mary, did you know, do you know that song like Pentatonix did a version and then uh, Simon Perry's daughter, a 12-year-old girl just did a version. It's going around on Facebook. And uh, Mary, did you know is a song that's if you haven't heard it, look it up. It's awesome. It'll make you cry. And uh, it's just a song uh, sort of asking Mary, did she know all the awesome and powerful and wonderful things that Jesus would do when she was just doing the basic baby stuff? You know, when you when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. And uh, did you know that your baby boy would someday walk on water? And this whole tension of uh, Mary seeing a baby and being engaged in the ordinary bits of parenting. Um, and could she have possibly imagined what Jesus would have done? And I find the song very powerful. It makes me cry, but it also makes me think about parenting and how we spiritually help our kids because I mean, Mary had a tough gig. She was this teenage girl. She's a a mother for the first time. And she, I mean, we all feel overwhelmed as parents. I mean, we all make mistakes. We all feel like we don't know what we're doing at times. We're trying to figure it out and feel like we're not being good enough. And what kind of pressure must Mary have felt to, uh, I mean, that's a tough gig, parenting Jesus. Uh, But when I look at her experience, I think she had something to hang on to. She may not have known that he was going to heal people and save the world in the way that he did, but she had something to cling on to in the moments of the ordinary everyday bits of babyhood and toddlerhood because, because God gave them to her. God gave her this moment with an angel where he spoke his words about this baby to her. She could say, this, this is who my baby is. This is who my baby's going to be. And then through the, the nativity story that we, we talk about so often at this time of year, uh, she was had this confirmed over and over again by people of high and low status who were um, believing in this child and, and what God was doing in him. And, uh, and it says in Luke 2.19, in the middle of this nativity story, this really powerful sentence, uh, it says, 
This is right after the shepherds came and are like, and they went away and told everybody about it. And Luke 2.19 says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. There was a moment in her parenting where she took what God had been saying about her kid and what other people had been seeing in her child and reminding her of, and she just she treasured it in her heart and pondered it and sort of put it in there. And I think that powered her through through so much of her parenting because it's so easy to get sucked into the everydayness of just making it through the day. And yet, even in Mary's ordinary bits, she had this thing to treasure inside of her of how God saw her child and what he was doing. And I think we have that for all of our children. As we look at our kids, God knew who they were before they were born. He has great plans and purposes for each one of our kids, for now and for in the future, and he knows who they are. And he's put a community around us who can grow to see the the, the unique bits that God has put in our children and can speak into that and encourage us about it. And so as we're hitting Christmas and we're looking at this this holy family who who went on this adventure of raising Jesus and all of the amazing stuff that we think about the incarnation of Jesus and him coming to be a baby. Just every once in a while, I would really suggest you you look at your children and think how much God knows them and that he has great and powerful purposes for them. And just like Mary, we can access God's voice for our kids. We can go to him and say, over this Christmas time where you have, you get to look at your kids doing a lot. And as you just stare at them, I would really suggest that you just take a moment to say, God, what do you see in my kid? What did you place in them? What, what are you calling them to do today and in the future? Just give me something about them to treasure that I may ponder that in my heart and parent out of your heart for my kid. And as you're surrounded by your family who loves your kids, really listen to what they have to say about your children, all the positive things and the the things they admire and the things that they've noticed them changing and, and write them down. Just take a moment in this Christmas period to write down what God has said over your kids and what other people have said over your kids and what you see in your kids, that you, like Mary, can treasure them and ponder them in your heart. Okay, so today's question uh, is is a question that I got asked at a, a speaking engagement. I I mentioned casually how we as a family do Christmas lists, uh, and I wasn't very clear. So someone came up and, and sort of just asked me to clarify it, and I thought I probably said it multiple times that I've never said it really clearly of what we do and why. So I thought I'll answer that question about a Christmas list. Christmas lists uh, that we know or are, are, some families do uh, where you sort of make a list of the things you want for Christmas so that people can do it. Whether you give it to Santa, whether you give it to your parents, there's there's patterns. And every family is different. And I truly believe that there is no right way to do this. Uh, I don't think one's better than the other, but uh, how we do it in our family um, is how my mom did it with me. So this is very much not my invention. Uh, this is what I've continued from my mom. Uh, and uh, I was never allowed to make a Christmas list in my family. And uh, that was just something that we didn't do. Uh, and any, any of us didn't do a Christmas list. And that's something that I've continued with my kid. And 
And the fruit of that really, I think the heart behind it for me now as a parent is that um, how I want my kid to think about gifts is that they are truly gifts, um, undeserved and unrequired. Ooh, is that a word? <laughs> I don't know if that's a word. Not required. They, they are um, a pure blessing. Nothing I'm entitled to or nothing that um, I deserve. But um, when someone gives a gift, it comes out of their heart for me. Um, and when I give a gift, I think and listen and pray and see something that I just think, oh, they'd love that. And I buy it out of a genuine heart of love. And so in our family, the culture of gift to giving that, that we've created is that nobody makes a list. Nobody asks for anything. Nobody can even subtly hint uh, with winks that this is something they would like. Uh, because, um, because for us, we want to train all of our hearts to truly be thankful and grateful for a gift that is given in recognition of what was going on in the other person's heart and as opposed to what is the actual gift. Um, and so some Christmases we've had no gifts um, because I was noticing that in our family we were getting a bit like, what am I going to get? Or you, we get something and they were either happy or disappointed and it became about the gift. And so uh, the next year we didn't do any gifts and uh, we just um, uh, spoke words over each other. We just had a morning Christmas and the only gift we got was for Jesus because we do giving gifts to Jesus. That's another thing. Uh, but, but for us, um, how we train our hearts to receive gifts is the reason why we don't do lists. But like I said, that's how we do it. And that's what works for our family. What works for your family could be something completely different. But uh, yeah, that was the answer to the question of why we don't do Christmas lists. Okay, so for our wild card segment, uh, this is Josh Lees. He is uh, my friend. I was uh, a family life pastor, and he was uh, on my team as a youth pastor. He has a I don't remember what his BA in. He has a master's in theology. Uh, he's currently getting a second master's uh, at Oxford. He uh, is uh, going through the process of ordination, and he's a very wise man. And uh, I love uh, just encouraging parents of all different kinds, but every once in a while, uh, just parents as teens sometimes just need a bit of encouragement. And so as uh, someone, he had been a, a youth pastor uh, for, I think, about eight years, and uh, so very experienced and informed a lot of how I thought about parents and teens. And uh, so I thought I'd sit down with him uh, late one night when I was staying over his house uh, visiting his lovely family. Uh, I asked him, what, what, is, what is crucial for parents of teens to know about how impactful they are in the lives of their kids? What can they do as parents of teens to spiritually encourage their children? And this is what he said. I think the first thing that I would share is that it's really important for parents to be honest about their own relationships with God. And that's the things that are going well and the things that are not going so well. And to be able to, to set that on their whole life and to be able to talk about what it was like when they were a kid, when they were a teenager, when they were a bit older and how they're doing now. I mean, it's okay to talk about hard times with God, to talk about seasons where maybe you feel you are not hearing from God. You're struggling to read your Bible, struggling to pray, and to be honest about some of those struggles. Okay, so 
parents will then have often said to me, I don't think my kid cares about my life with God. Is that, is that just what they're putting off or do you, or is, do they genuinely not care? <laughs> Sometimes they don't care, but I think that shouldn't discourage parents because I think when kids get a bit older and when they're having some of those doubts of themselves, they will look back and they will remember those moments. And so even if they don't care in that moment, it's important for them to see their parents being honest and to be able to to look back on those times, to draw back on those times. So even if they don't care in that moment, and they might, but even if they don't, they're going to look back on that. They're going to draw back on that. So it's still important to be honest, even if they're not enthusiastic in that moment. Good. What else? That's number one. Give me That's number one. Um, goodness. Number two is celebrate the small beginnings. So it might be that your kid says the shortest prayer you've ever heard, or it might be that your kid says church wasn't boring or anything like that. But don't be slow to celebrate small beginnings. And Does particularly that mean like with them, like, woohoo, I'm so celebrating with you, or is that like internally in their heart? Well, I think I think both. And I think especially when you're seeing seeing gifts being exercised in your kids, that's when it's so important to celebrate with them and to encourage them. I think so many young people don't realise the gifts that God has given them, the gifts that they are starting to practice for themselves. I think to help kids. Um, to see what God is doing in their lives and to see the ways that they are made in the image of God and to see the ways that they have been given gifts by God. Great. Right, so that's two. So number one... That is two. Number one is uh, don't be afraid to do authentic stuff. Number two Uh is celebrate the small things. Number three. Number three, I think, would be about encouraging kids to take risks. Um, Spiritual risks or like... Jump off cliff risks. I think sometimes those risks are the same thing. Tell me more. I think it's both. Because so often God is trying to teach us things through experiences. And we need to be willing to embrace those. And I I think now in my 20s and training alongside lots of other people, gap years in particular seem to be a common time where God really revealed so much about himself and so much about um, how he's calling people. And so often those gap years seem like really crazy times. And it might not be a gap year. It might be something over a summer. It could be something at school, anything like that. Um, Kids who set up CUs, even though it seemed like they were going to be the only kid in the CU. Kids who maybe, I don't know, started something new that just seemed to be against all odds, whatever it is, um, God so often works through those risks. And as parents, if we can be encouraging that, supporting that, um, not being discouraging, even if we're really nervous deep down, um, and being honest about some of those fears and those questions, but ultimately supporting risks. Okay, and finally, uh, a question to ask your kids to start an interesting conversation. If you could time travel for only one minute into the nativity story, what one minute 
of the nativity story would you want to see? Have a really happy Christmas. I am praying for you all. Um, You will have a wonderful time with God and your family and be blessed. And I'll talk to you in the new year. We are going to miss one uh, episode. So uh, the new episode will be uh, in the first week of January because I'll be hanging out with my family in my pajamas next week. So uh, have a really great Christmas and I'll talk to you in two weeks time. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. Thank you.